0: All right, good morning, church. All right, it's good to almost see you this morning. (laughs) All right, this morning we're going to continue our series on uh, preparing to be used by the Lord. And so I want you to open your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Now, in Matthew chapter 18, as we just begin this morning... We have a verse there. that says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The idea is that when we come together and we pray, that God shows up and there's this intimacy going on and then he's praying on our behalf and he just really shows up and he works miracles. Well, throughout the Bible, there's several times that Jesus showed up in their midst Alright, the Bible talks about that uh, Jesus called the little children unto him, and he gathered them around, and he was in their midst. He was twelve years old, he went to the temple, and he was he astounded everybody with his wisdom of asking and answering questions. He was walking on the road to Demaus, and there were two disciples there, and he was walking in their midst, and when he left, the Bible says that did not our hearts burn? within us. The disciples, after the, the, the uh, crucifixion, they were hiding in the upper room. Jesus comes in. The door was shut. He walks through the shut door, and he breathes on them, speaks to them, and he says, peace be unto you. The idea is this morning, we want the Lord to be in our midst. Amen? We don't want to fool around and just go through motions. Uh, we want the Lord to To show up. So I'm gonna pray this morning and invite the Lord in our midst. But as I'm praying for Him to to be here this morning, the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray in your heart that God would show up in your mind and, and He would be in your midst as you're here this morning. Because all of us have a lot of stuff going on. And we can easily be distracted, right? And just sitting there by ourselves, we get distracted. And so let's just go to the Lord this morning as there's a lot of things going on that want to distract us. And let's just invite the Lord here this morning in our midst so that we might have Him speak to our hearts in the areas that we need to be spoken to and that we can be encouraged like those two on the road to Damascus. Our hearts burn within us because we were in the house of the Lord and He showed up. Father, we come to you this morning. We just are grateful for this opportunity to to be together as a church, to be able to look in your word. And Father, how we pray this morning that you would send your Holy Spirit in our midst. We surrender to you, Father, and to the Holy Spirit. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would show up and that you would speak to our hearts. And, Father, this wouldn't be just a performance of an hour where we'd just sit around and we'd listen and do nothing with it. But, Father, we pray your Holy Spirit would burn the truth in our hearts. May each one of us desire today to be used by you. And, Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. We got a new, uh, kind of a new youth group going on. We have um, a couple of new leaders going on in our church. And last Wednesday night, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, we had one young person get saved. Isn't that good? Just exciting. This morning, a college kid was driving in to come to our service this morning. And as he was coming in, he brought his sister and he started talking to her about the Lord and In the car on the way over, he bowed his head or she bowed her head and trusted Christ as her Savior. So God is already working in our midst this morning. All right, preparations to be used by God. And this morning we're going to talk specifically about Joseph. But the Bible is all about faith. From cover to cover, God reveals himself to his people. He reveals himself to us, and then he invites us to believe in him, trust him, and then act upon that belief. Just on the outset, faith is stepping out on God's word. Okay, He gives you a scripture, and then you act upon it. You step out on that and trust it and live that verse. That, that's, that's called Faith. Now, as we look at the Christmas story, there's we're going to look at four specific individuals. We already looked at Mary. We're going to look at Joseph this morning. And every one of these were able to do the function they did in the Christmas story because they were well prepared. And our goal is this morning is, is to be stirred up in our hearts that we too will be prepared for if God wants to use us in this next couple of weeks in the Christmas time, or the next year, which we know he wants to use us at Christmas time, we know he wants to use us in the new year, and all through 21, uh, 2021, we understand that we know that. And so we want ourselves to be prepared. The Bible says in the fullness of time, God sent his son. So in the fullness of time, these four individuals were prepared for that moment. So in Matthew chapter 1, we see two individuals, mainly Joseph And Joseph, before we read this this couple of verses here, I want to talk about Joseph's age just for a moment. Joseph was 16 years old. All the scholars tell us that Mary, as we talked about last week, was 14. Joseph was 16. So don't tell me you you can't be too young to get serious about God. Amen? You can't be too young to be on fire for God, and you can't be too young to be used by God. You can't. I mean, one of the greatest things that's ever happened in our world is Jesus Christ, God, becoming a man and coming down and being born in this world. And he used two teenagers. Isn't that fantastic? And I like the fact that you're not too young, but neither are you too old. Can I hear an amen for you older people? Yes. If we're surrendered, he can use any of us. I just think that's, that's fantastic. But the knowledge we have of Joseph is limited. Okay, we know here in our story, he was uh, an angel appeared to him. We have the story of him being at Bethlehem when Jesus was born. We have Jesus uh, going to the temple when, or, or Joseph going to the temple when Jesus was eight days old. We have Joseph taking Mary and Jesus to Egypt running from Herod because Herod was trying to kill Jesus. We have Joseph taking his family every year. To Jerusalem to the feast of the Passover for at least the first 12 years. After Jesus was 12, there's nothing said of Joseph. We just don't know what happened. They say that somewhere from the 12 years old of Jesus to the time he started his public ministry, Joseph died. And it appears to be so. But again, that's not a lot of information. So we don't know a lot about Joseph. But one thing we do know That in his story, it gives evidence of extraordinary faith. Somehow, he was well prepared to play his role in the birth of the Son of God. So let's read verse 18 to begin with this morning. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follow. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before before they came together... She was found with child of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Now, let's just pause for that verse a moment. I, I like the fact that it says that she was found. I really like that word found. But we're not going to zero in on that. But there's a couple of other things that we need to talk about. Number one, that Matthew presents Jesus as a king. Okay? Now, as a king, the genealogy or the birth, the birth row is important. The birth line is important to a king. And that's what we have from verse 1 down through verse 17 is so-and-so begat so-and-so. Now, we know that's important, but if you go to, to Mark, Mark presents Jesus as a servant. Well, in Mark, there's no genealogy of the Lord. Okay, so the genealogy is vital. But I want you to notice something in verse 16. Notice the difference here, all the way down from verse 1, it says, so-and-so begat so-and-so. Okay, so-and-so gave birth to so-and-so. And every one of them is a man gave birth to a man. And then uh, 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 or he was born of this lineage, of this birth line. And every now and then they throw in a woman. But notice the birth line here. It says, Jacob begat Joseph. Now, normally it would say Joseph begat Jesus. But notice it doesn't say that. It says, Joseph, the husband of Mary, to whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Again, as we talked about last week, if Jesus was born of Joseph, if he was begotten of Joseph, he would have the sinful nature. And so the perfect Lamb of God would no longer be perfect. Everybody see that? And so it's vitally important to understand the presentation here in the genealogy. But it also uh, uses that heavy word, betrothed. Now betrothed just means what we would call the engagement, right? But it's more formal and it's more binding, okay? As a couple were betrothed in this time, that that meant they they lived separately, but there was no hanky-panky going on as well, all right? They lived separately and for 12 months, They abstained from sexual relationships. And the only way to dissolve this betroth betroth was through a divorce because they were considered married. And so here we have this this engagement. But then notice, Mary was found with child of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) This is extraordinary devastation, if you will, on Joseph. Okay, so as we, as we look at this Christmas story, just before we begin and get into the points this morning, I want to measure ourselves with Joseph. Joseph is fantastic when it comes to his faith. It's just fantastic. And so I don't want to just dive into Joseph and his history. Okay, understand. What we want to do is hold Joseph up as a model. And then ask ourselves, are we prepared like Joseph in such a way that God can use us. We just want to go through a history lesson. You've already heard the Christmas story if you've been going to church for 25 years. We want to hold him up as a model so that we can say, hey, ask ourselves a question. Do I have that kind of faith? Am I prepared that if something happens in my life, I respond correctly like Joseph responded to this devastation that took place in his life? Because this is devastation. Your fiance's pregnant and you know it's not yours. How many have been singing hallelujah for that? No. It's devastation. It's a punch in the gut. Okay. So let's look at five characteristics. I'm sure we won't get to all five of them. But let's look at several characteristics of Joseph's faith. Okay. Number one. Joseph's merciful faith i want going to go to verse 19 to begin. We're just kind of going go through the verses here. Verse 19 says this. Then Joseph, her husband, notice it says her husband, being a just man, was not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So Joseph, verse 20 says that Joseph was considering what to do. He had three options here. He could have went along with the law, and the law said, according to Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 and 24, it says that you could take her out and stone her for her sin. But apparently that didn't happen, and I don't think it was really a major thing to do back at this time, because at this time, if you study the Bible from Malachi, which is the end of the Old Testament to Matthew, which is the beginning of the New Testament, you have 400 years there of dead religion, dead Orthodox, where they're just going through the motion. Okay? Just going through the motion. Does that sound familiar? The American church! Of course, that's not the message. All right? Just going through the motion, going to church on Sunday morning, put your time clock in, sit down, relax, you got this whole week planned out, but God is in none of it, right? Just, so, so that's what was happening. So they weren't really sticking close to the law, praise God. But also the Roman influence at that time, I think, also allowed them to be lax on the law. Okay, Because it wasn't really happening at this time. You don't see a lot of that. Public condemnation was the second thing they could have done. Joseph was a righteous man, it says, and she had embarrassed him. She had brought shame upon him. And remember, he was a righteous man. Lord have mercy that his testimony was marred. Right? His testimony would be brought down. So he was, he was contemplating. He was pondering, as we've been talking about for several weeks. He was considering what to do. So then he decided he's going to put her away secretively. All right? Now, the thing I want you to focus on, on these verses, is what Joseph was thinking. He was thinking to put her away privately. Why? Because he didn't want to bring her disgrace. Look at verse 20. But while he was considering these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared. So he was considering, which one of these should I do? Or what exactly should I do? But he was considering putting her away privately. He didn't want to stone her. He didn't want to make a public example because he loved her. Apparently, he loved her. Now, if it would have been you or me, what would we be thinking? Betrayal, right? Somebody just cheated on me. Devastation. Remember, a punch in the gut. I'm going to kill that man if I get my hands on him. Can I hear an amen? That's what we'd be thinking. But Joseph's not thinking that. Isn't that crazy? He's worried about making, I don't want to make a public example, so I'm going to do this privately. What that tells us, now listen very carefully, this is vitally important. What this tells us is that he was merciful. He was acting and practicing mercy. Where did that come from? Where did somebody get that kind of, apparently he was following the advice of God and so he is following some kind of scripture. It could have been, it could have been Psalms eighteen twenty-five, which says this: "With mercy, you will with with the merciful, you will show yourself mercy, merciful." Uh, Micah could have been Micah. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require? Now notice what the Lord requires: to do justly, and to love mercy. So, so. Somewhere down the line, he's following the guiding of Scripture. We're not sure exactly which Scripture it is, but somewhere, somehow in advance, are you listening? After receiving, before receiving this potentially devastating news, he had cultivated and prepared himself to act in mercy. And to show people mercy when they hurt him, this is what I call faith. He decided, hey, I'm going to do ahead of time. He decided, I'm just going to live by the book. And I'm going to show mercy to people who hurt me. Because that's not natural. The natural thing to do is get hot and get ticked off and respond. Is that correct? That's the natural. Mercy is something about God. So Joseph was saying, okay, when a certain situation arises, this is how I'm going to react. Joseph was asking the question kind of like, what does the Bible say about this kind of situation? How should I respond? God, what should I do? What does the Bible say I should do in this situation? What's that called? Faith. So Joseph had prepared himself to believe the book and act on the book long before this ever happened he's 16 years old who thinks like this a man who's on fire for God a man who decides this book is how I'm going to live my life that's it let's go to a couple of scriptures here in the new testament all right to show you what the Bible says and to talk a little bit about this, all right? Let's go, first of all, uh, in the Bible, uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 36. I put this in the NLT because I think it's a little bit clearer. You must be compassionate. Now, the King James, the new King James, uh, says merciful, okay? You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Now, that's, that's not a suggestion, right? You must be That is a command. God is telling us, you are my child and you must be compassionate. And if you're not, you're not doing what I say. So remember, faith is acting on God's word. Let's go to another verse of scripture. Let's go to James 2.13. Same idea. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. Now, I don't know about you, when I screw up, I want somebody to show me mercy, right? What is mercy? Mercy is holding back what I deserve and giving me what I don't deserve. That's mercy. Well, we're all messes, right? So we want mercy from our spouse. We want mercy from our children. We want mercy from our parents. We want to show people to show us mercy. Well, God says here, you're not going to get it if you don't show Mercy. So when we show mercy, we're saying, okay, I'm going to do what the book says. See, there's all kinds of garbage out. There's all kind of philosophy and thinking on how I should respond to these kinds of situations. And there's this book of stuff on how to respond. Well, there's also this book. It says, be merciful. Hold back what people rightly deserve. They rightly deserve you to just... Speed past them and slow down. How many? How many? How many are tempted sometimes for that? I mean, just—I'm pretty good, but when I'm, my wife and I are in a different, two different cars and somebody's pestering her, I kid you not, in flames just come out of my head. But it says here, and then it goes on. It says, "But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful." When he judges you. Now, of course, we automatically think that's the future. And yes, it is. But it could be now as well. Amen? So, being merciful and holding back what people deserve is simply living by the book, and that's faith. And that's what Joseph is doing. One more. Look at a couple of verses Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 through 32. Okay? Now, again, it's NLT because it's, it's powerful. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. We can actually explain that, have an invitation, you come and get down and get right with God, and I get right with God, and we can go home and have a great day. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. The way we live can bring joy to the throne of the living God, or the, by the way we live, we can bring sorrow to the heart of God. Isn't that crazy? The way you behave, well, we're so distant from God, we think, well, the way I behave, it's just on me. No. You are a child of God, as we're going to see here, and your behavior reflects on God, and it brings sorrow, or it brings joy to the throne of God. Okay. He has identified you as his own. Okay, God has identified. When we trust Jesus Christ, we are stamped. We are his. Then it says, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved in the day of redemption. Now, you're not saved in the day of redemption because you're doing something by the way you live. You are guaranteed that you're his own. Because he has identified you as his own. That guarantees you eternal life in the future. Eternal security. Okay, so, so, so it's fantastic stuff. So, so let's go to verse 31. Okay? okay, so we bring sorrow to the heart of God by the way we live. And so he's telling us what to get rid of. So we can bring joy. And we can stop bringing sorrow. Let all bitterness... So bitterness brings sorrow to the throne of God. Does everybody see that? I mean, it's right there. It's the next verse. Bitterness, not willing to forgive, okay, brings sorrow. Rage, anger. Oh, this this next one can't be true. It just can't be in there. That had to be a mistake. Because I never... I never speak harsh to my wife. Do you? Huh? Okay. Harsh words bring sorrow to God. How about slander? And, and, and I, I wish that was all that they did, but then he goes and does this. Then we have to have the, our own conscience, as well as all Types of evil behavior. (laughs) It's awful quiet in here. Understandably so. Okay. The the point is the next verse. This is where we get to. Instead, here we go. Instead, be kind to one another. Here's this mercy. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Great stuff, okay? So this is how you show mercy. You get rid of all this garbage that's in there that the world tells you how to live and and every day we're getting, and, and you see TV and it's just coming in and just getting fed all this stuff. But that's not by faith. Faith is taking God in his word. Okay, I'm supposed to be kind. I'm supposed to be merciful. Don't give people what they rightly deserve. Why? Because God treats me that way. Therefore, he's shown me that if I'm going to live by faith, I should do this. So here's here's where it comes down to. Joseph decided ahead of time, I'm going to be a man of God, and I'm going to live by faith. And mercy is the way I'm going to respond in these given situations. So he's an example for us to hold up. Let's decide this morning, I choose to live by faith. I choose to instead be kind. To those who are not kind to me. Tender-hearted to those who are not tender-hearted to me. Instantly it goes to the po- political world, doesn't it? Isn't that where your head goes right now? Oh, boy, if I could camp there for a while, amen? <laughs> there should have been amens everywhere. Because I'm not the only one thank you. I got one amen out of that. Okay, so Joseph was prepared because ahead of time he decided, I'm going to be a man of God that holds back. And so he was able to, when he got punched in the gut by his fiance, he was able to respond mercifully. Fantastic stuff. This is how God treats us. Listen to this. In the Old Testament, when a man brought a lamb to the priest for a a sacrifice for for his sins, the priest would examine the lamb. Isn't that crazy? You'd think the priest would examine the sinner and write down his sins. He examined the lamb to make sure it was a perfect spotless lamb of God, or just lamb. And then the sinner would place his hands on the lamb as to transfer his, to identify with the lamb, to transfer his sins to the lamb, and then the perfect lamb transfer back his perfectness. Then they would take that lamb and sacrifice it for a sinful offering. And the man would walk away having his sins covered. The man would walk away with the blessings of God upon his life. Now, the lamb did not deserve to die, and the man did not deserve to be blessed. But the lamb died, and the man was blessed. That's our story, and it's powerful. So how should we respond with that kind of truth? Examples of love and mercy. And that's what Joseph is a great example for us. Great illustration for us. second thing we see about Joseph is Joseph's cautious faith. Again, let's go back to verse 20. Look at his cautious faith. That sounds different, doesn't it? We don't want to be cautious. Let me just read this. You don't have verse 20 up there? Okay, she didn't have verse twenty. So, I'm normally I have my phone up here, but I don't. So, eighteen twenty says this. But while he thought about these things, the word thought means considered, as we already talked about. He pondered. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to your wife, for which is which for that which is conceived in her is of." the Holy Ghost. Okay, so that's, that's verse 20. So he's pondering, he's considering. That means he's not impulsive and he's not flighty. He's actually thinking about this. He has more than his emotions. He has his faith, he has his belief, he has scripture, but he just wasn't sure on what to do. And I like what he did. He did nothing. Isn't that good? He just thought about it a while. He was cautious. He didn't fly off the handle. They call this the holding principle. Listen to Romans chapter 14, verse 23. It says this, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. He was careful. Joseph was cautious. And when you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is do nothing. And that's what he did. Now, normally, we are quick to react. Well, how many are quick to react? Help me out. I, I, I'm, I react fast. As a matter of fact, My wife sometimes tells me, well, why don't you give, you know, take a breath and let them finish their sentence. Okay, anybody like that? Yeah. We're 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 quick. And he Joseph, I love the fact that he waited. Sometimes we we act before we think. Okay? We live by our feelings. We live impulsively and careless. And it's important to understand what Joseph did. He was cautious, and he was doubting, and so he did nothing, at least for a while. Where do we find that else in Scripture? The Bible says in James chapter one and verse nineteen, it says, "So then, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to what hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, are slow to act." I love that. Slow to respond, and that's what Joseph. Was doing. He carefully was considering, and as he was carefully considering, the Holy Spirit came and revealed to him what he was supposed to do. And and it happens all the time. If we're just patient and we're waiting for us to find the answer in the Bible or let the Holy Spirit speak to us, he's going to speak. But patience is horrible. But he always comes through. And we can testify to that as we think back, but we're normally caught up in the moment. Let me give you an example of this, and you're part of this. Three, two years ago, we were down on battlefield at the Executive Conference Center, and Real Life Church was. And so we're three years old. The owner of the building comes to us and wants us to buy the building, and he's going to float the loan. You can't get any better than that. He's going to give us the money. We have to pay it back monthly, but I mean, he's going to float us the the money. And so we prayed about him. We was excited. We went down and measured and we we figured out how we could keep running the business, bring money in and still have our church. But the more we thought about it, we just thought, no, God's not in this. And so we said, no. Of course, he was asking an arm and a leg for it. He knew we were in a rough spot. And so, but then he sold the building out from under us to another church who did exactly what we were thinking about doing. And he gave us two months to find another place. Well, a church that's three years old, running about 100 people. The schools are closed off to us. No longer can we use the public school. What are we going to do? I found myself at night driving around Springfield, praying. Praying. Do you guys remember praying, driving around, praying, God, we need a building and father, we need to be free. (laughs) Fear level was rising. And then I remember this church asked me if we wanted to join with them. West Division Baptist Church came to us and asked if we'd like to join with them. And we said, no, we didn't feel that was of the Lord for a lot of reasons, but I remember the building. There was a couple of other empty church buildings. So we, I, I drove here and I drove around this building and I parked in the back for hours, the wee hours of the morning, and parked back there asking God, is this the building you want for us? Because God, you're gonna have to move now. <laughs> we can't have open, it, it can't have open air church meetings. And sure enough, in our hearts, we felt that this was the building. So then we began to act. Once we knew that this was the building God wanted for us, then we had to jump through some hopes to to convince people to to give it to us or at least let us use it free. And guess what? For two years, we've been using it free. Isn't that good? Fantastic stuff. God is good. But the fear level was going up. But here's the point. When the angel came to Joseph and explained to Joseph what was going on, he said, fear not. Okay? Fear not. So the fear level went down when you understood what God was up to or you know that God is up to something great. And the fear level went down. Then we began to act. Went to the preacher that had the building and we told him that this is where we believe God wanted us to be. And he said, I don't think so. And I said, yes, I think so. So that was over. The next week I went and we had lunch again. I leaned over And I said, preacher, I think God wants us to have this building. He said, no, we're going to start a Bible study there. I said, oh. I did it one more time. And he said, okay, Fleener. Three times. You can meet with the deacons. And the deacons went, yay. This is great stuff. When you know God's in something, the fear level goes down. And Joseph, number three, he had confident faith. Because the angel appeared to him and said, this is what's going to happen. So fear melts away when you understand more of what God's up to and more of what God is doing. Listen to Isaiah 26, 3. It says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now there's three thoughts there. Okay. Keep your focus on God. Okay whose mind is stayed, and the word stayed means fixed, God is your focus. And as God is your focus, and as the Word of God is your focus, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so as you are fixed and focused on God and His Word, Then it's easier to trust him because you understand all about God and that he's worthy of your trust. And so you can step out and trust him. And then the third thing that takes place is there's this peace. Not peace of the world, not your own peace, but notice what it says. He will keep him in perfect peace. That's a work of God. Not a work of man. It's a work of God. That's the results of stepping out on God's word and having confident faith, God then begins to move and he gives us this wonderful faith or this wonderful peace to enjoy. The idea is this. If you want to be prepared ahead of time for God using you and be uh, prepared ahead of time to respond correctly, You need to choose to believe this book and to act on this book. Just a choice. I'm going to live, I'm going to be a man of God, a woman of God, and I'm going to live by this book. That's something we have, church people, have got away from. Just living what this book says. And Joseph decided, I'm going to live by the book in the area of being merciful. He chose. So if you want to be a man or woman of God that's merciful, choose it now, before the bombshell falls, before the devastation happens, and you too can respond correctly as Joseph responded to Mary in faith a merciful response. If you want to be a man or woman that's used by God, not only choose mercy, but choose caution. Think. Consider what the scripture has to say about the situation you are in. Don't listen to your grandma 20 years ago and some of her twist on things. That's what I did for years. Well, my grandma said, because she was kind of like my mom. I listened to, she loved me. Every time she came over, she had a dollar in her hand. Every time. Well, that attracts love. She bought my love. (laughs) It's crazy. The book. Joseph decided to live by the book. I mean, it sounds simple, but it's faith. To be merciful, to be cautious, be quick to hear and slow to speak. And slow to act. Just decide now. That's the kind of person I'm going to be. Listen, to this. I know, I know, I, I, don't, I don't know all the scripture, but at least I'm going to choose these two now. I'm going to choose to withhold what people deserve because God did it for me. I want to choose to think before I speak. And then third, I'm going to choose to be confident. Confident in the Word of God, trust Him so that He can give me perfect peace. Number four, obedient faith. Verse 24 says this Matthew chapter 1, and verse 24. Then Joseph, being roused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary basically to be his wife. It was an instant thing. The angel said, don't be afraid. And so Joseph goes out and he takes her to be his wife. There wasn't a lot of time here. He just obeyed. You may be in your life right now where you know what God wants you to do, but you're not doing it. You know that he wants you involved in the word on your quiet time, but you just don't have the strength to do it. Listen. Listen that's where we're all at. We need to decide, God, I want to be obedient, and I need your help. I've struggled my entire life to have a consistent quiet time. I think everybody does. Now, every day I'm in the Word. Every day I'm studying for my messages. Every day I'm doing it, but that's not... That's not God speaking to me. So I've, I've struggled with this my entire life until the last five years. When I really got serious and, and I get up in the wee hours of the morning, when you get old, you get up a lot, right? And so, so I, 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 I struggle getting back to sleep. So I get up and I have my devotions. I have hour, hour and a half. But my schedule is such that I can go back to bed because it's like three o'clock in the morning. I, I was telling somebody this last week, that's the best time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making fun. Because we're all so busy, we can't take time for it. But why not take a little bit from your sleep? You don't want to take it from your wife. No way. You don't want to take it from your husband. No way. You don't want to take it from your kids. You can't take it from work. But you can take it from your sleep. You can go on a little less. I love eight hours. I never get it. But my body could go for ten hours. Discipline that body. Don't let the body dictate your life. It's better to know the Word and have this intimate time with God. That's why people get up early before they go to work. They spend time obedient. And I just love this. He obeyed instantly. All the way through the Scripture, you see him doing that. And then last of all, courageous faith. (laughs) I love this. Joseph, Herod was coming down to kill Jesus. And the angel appeared to him and said, go to Egypt. I love that he obeyed instantly. In the face of opposition, he jumps up and he runs. He left everything behind, I mean everything behind and got up and ran. Didn't try to think of another way of hiding Jesus, he just did exactly what the book That's courageous. in the face of opposition. I mean, heavy opposition. They're trying to kill my son and they're going to kill me as well. We need to be men and women of God and be courageous about it. We're living in a time where Christianity is no longer popular. I mean, flat out Christianity. Now, I mean, half handed Christianity, oh, it's popular. I mean, going to church on Sunday morning and doing nothing else, that's popular. But I mean, being being sold out for God, if somebody comes and borrows something from you, you're not supposed to ask for it back. That's Christianity. I mean, just the little details. And then being kind to somebody that's being mean to you, that's Bible Christianity, but that's not popular. This is the kind of faith that Joseph had. But the amazing thing is, he chose this ahead of time. He decided to be a man of God ahead of time. There's this, there's this young guy. College students are on fire for the Lord over here. Right, right here's four of them. There's another one, five. Okay, there's, All right, there's several of them here, okay? These guys, these guys are on fire for the Lord. A couple of them are on the basketball team. They're more spiritual than their coach. Which isn't hard, right? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Great guy. Great basketball coach. Seriously. Okay. No mumbling over there. Another one is, is uh, Logan. Okay. He's the one that led his sister to the Lord. Okay. He's going through a real battle right now. But he's choosing ahead of time how to respond. He comes to me and he talks to me and sits down and says, what should I do about this? And he wants to know. He's pondering it. Let's all be that kind of person, amen? Let's all choose ahead of time. This is how I'm going to walk, by faith. Let's all stand for a word of prayer, and then the band's going to sing their last song. Father, we just come to you this morning. We just thank you for Joseph, and Father, we have to look at him and then ask ourselves the question, am I measuring up? Am I living the life of faith? Am I stepping out on the word of God? Father, I pray this morning. Oh God, I pray this morning that you would tug at our hearts. Father, we we ask you to be in our midst. And Father, now we pray that we know you spoke to us. Now we ask that you would help us to respond. Not just go through the motions, but respond. Act on what we heard. God, help us this morning to do right. Not to take the easy way out. And, Father, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory in Christ's name. Again, as we always say, during this last song if the Holy Spirit spoke to you, you need to come down and pray. Get the whole song to do it. Come down and spend some time alone with the Lord. Amen.